You guys are going to like this one. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jim Huntsman, the host of the Western Huntsman Podcast, coming at you from the Broken Tan Studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, i got a great episode for you. Um, this show, I've got my friend Nate Davenport, who is a fellow local North Idahoan, and uh, we talk about his bear hunt and trad bows and uh, everything, just life in general, centered around hunting, right? And so um, I want to say that, you know, Nate is just, he's a great guy that I've gotten to know over the last few years. He's been on the show before. Um, he's a super focused trad bow and um, just hunter. Uh, he's, he's, you guys are going to hear the craziest story about his bear hunt this last year. He sauced a huge bear, and I'm super proud of him. It couldn't have happened to a better dude. Uh, so without further ado, guys, let's get into it with Nate Davenport. Give it up. Here we go. podcast in my truck and really? it's a diesel you know oh right and i and i i thought that was going to pick up but these mics are they they just keep all the outside sound oh, out, right. so that yeah, works out cool. <laughs> so i hit record we're good man we're rolling okay we're sitting here uh me and nate davenport are sitting in a 21 foot rv trailer that is a new broken tine studio and uh we're up here in clark fork idaho and Nate is a former guest on the show who came on last summer, and we talked about tattoos, and what else did we talk? We talked a little bear hunting. Some bear hunting, yeah. Yeah. Elk hunting. And elk hunting. Yeah. Trad bows, all yep. sorts of stuff. So yep. Nate brought the uh, skull of the bear that he just shot, uh, what, a month ago or about something? About a month ago, About yeah. a month ago. Yeah. So Nate shot a, a monster of a bear. Uh, with his trad bow, and we're going to get the story out of out of him and, and everything else. So, Nate, thanks for coming up, man. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate having you for Pretty, having me up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. I haven't had an in-person guest in the <laughs> studio for a long time. I was just telling you, and, and uh, so this is kind of cool. Other than that, a little different than the last studio, right? Oh, this is comfortable. It's comfortable. It's nice and cool in here. That's the only good part about this one is, like, the old Broken Tines, I had, like, no air conditioning, <laughs> and so I'd sweat my ass off, <laughs> and we got this one, and I can make it like a meat locker with that air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, it's nice in here. It'll get super cold. Um, so, but I appreciate you making the trip, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's a beautiful drive coming up here. It's I love beautiful country. From from Sandpoint to Clark Fork, yeah. it's it's an awesome drive. It's one of my favorite drives. And I've lived in this area my whole life, but I haven't really spent much time this this direction. So it's kind of cool yeah. just to see different country and 
Well, we're going to change that, man. Yeah, absolutely. Come up here and duck hunt down there on the river, because I don't duck hunt, so it's all <laughs> yours, dude. All right, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> Actually, maybe I'll change. Maybe I'll, I will start duck hunting with you if you're coming up. Yeah. Bring the kiddos, though, and go get some ducks. Yeah, definitely. That'd be fun. And also, i got to make note that Nate brought me some uh, bear sausage, and I'm pretty excited about it. Looking forward to that. How, how, do you, how would you cook those? Uh, they're smoked, but you need to, oh, okay. you know... Just, just heat grill them, up. them or heat them or, you know, yep. whatever, yeah. But we do them, they're like a jalapeno cheese sausage, but we'll even do them and slice them up, put them in breakfast or oh, that's a good idea. a bun or whatever. I'll make like a breakfast burrito with one of them. They're pretty good. They're some of the best game sausages I've had made. Really? Yeah, they're, Who? they turned out really good. Um, Ed Padilla in Post Falls is oh, gotcha. a, kind of um, the butcher guy that I go to for all my sausage and curing needs. That's awesome, man. I just appreciate you doing that. You didn't have to do that, but oh, I'm no, excited I'm, about it. I'm, I'm stoked to, to share it with people, cause especially um, I think that it, the meat is great, and, it, and this, these sausages turned out great, and so it's always good to... I'm going to push your mic just a little closer to you. Is it, will it pull? There we go. That, that's good. Yeah. There. We're having technical difficulties. We're, we're both <laughs> trying to figure out how all this stuff works uh, setting up in the studio here, but... So that's that's how you usually do it is is just the the breakfast or I mean the the, the sausage you, you basically sausage most of the bear yeah we do we also do hams uh, like oh seared hams and the hams are great and then um, this year I took all of the shanks and had them smoked for like soup yeah like oh sweet or man yeah. that's awesome huh I didn't even think about that yeah so and then um, I've I still have some roasts rolled up in the freezer too and so those will be Hmm. Those would be good to try. But. How many bears now have you gotten with your trad bow? Uh, just two. Two. Yeah. That's like you say just two, and like I haven't. I've never even shot a bear, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was hunting with a rifle and I still I didn't get one. <laughs> uh, I've really only been hunting bears for. I was trying to think. I think it's been about eight years since I started baiting bears. Yeah. And I've shot three, and there's been a few years um, in between that I haven't you know mm-hmm. that i haven't baited or just didn't you know shoot a bear or whatever but the last two years i have um done it with my traditional bow and so yeah that's pretty exciting i um something i have a lot of passion for is the traditional archery world and so yeah for sure <clears throat> you're you're like all over the place shooting that thing man I, yeah i love i love it we do a lot of 3d shooting and and stuff like that and and it's a pretty awesome like um family oriented mm-hmm. you know experience and so now the kids aren't traveling with us to do as much shooting but um but we still get out there and do it as much as possible it's, yeah it's a lot of fun yeah i was talking to somebody on the show about i was i was referencing you and uh, because i was we were talking about you know how some people they get they get really fired up over you know this caliber or that bow this brand this pack you know those sure. boots all that kind of shit, um, and we were kind of talking back and forth and somehow it got along the lines of like there's people that are super passionate as like an archer like that is with an entity of a hobby or whatever you want to call it of its own sure and you yeah. have that where for me it's it's I I don't I'm not like passionate about shooting guns or shooting archery or shooting anything in particular i'm, I'm only passionate about hunting sure. i just have to get good at it 
you know, to be effective at hunting. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. And there, so there's like two sides. And you, yeah, I, I, what, what's nice is, I kind of wish I was, because you've always got that to do, and all that's doing is making you a better hunter. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and that's, I mean, really the reason why I started shooting 3D was just to get. A, you know more experience for hunting mm-hmm. scenarios and stuff like that and to get better at estimating yardages and and to make you you know a more lethal hunter and then um the first couple years well the first year that we shot 3d i was shooting a compound bow mm-hmm. and then um once i switched over to the traditional gear i enjoy shooting it so much more that it just why is you know, that I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think that um, it just, it, to me, it feels right. And it's more, they're more enjoyable to shoot, you know, where I can just be out there for an hour shooting my bow. And I wouldn't do that a lot with my compound bow. And therefore, I wasn't as efficient with that tool, you know, or mm-hmm, whatever. And mm-hmm. I did know making the switch that I had to put more effort into the shooting end of things to because I didn't want to be a less lethal hunter by switching over. You know? Yeah, that's... I wanted to be able to, you know, maybe um, reduce the distances that I hunt at, but I didn't want to be less lethal, you know, within that. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to... Uh, I'm, I'm getting super fired up about this elk season, and I'm yeah. looking forward to trying to get an opportunity at an elk with, with the trad gear. So. And... Are, are you going to be hunting a, a stand again? Um, Call them into your stand. I am going to put up a stand, and then and me and a buddy are going to um, do some uh, backcountry stuff. And I want to try and get a stand into the area where we're going to be close to where we're going to be camp- camping, so that during the day we can go out and hunt, and then in the evenings I can sit on that stand and you know on a, on a trail yeah. or something like that. And, and How long are you guys going for? Um, I think initially we're going to try and and do the first four or five days um from august 30th well we'll try and go in on the uh 29th and yeah then maybe come out the fourth or the or yeah that's like that. that's a good point like for anybody not that doesn't know in north idaho it usually been i don't know how long it's been this way but like 10 years or something yeah the opening day wasn't until september 6th right and uh, they just swapped it back, and now it's it's like in alignment with the rest of Idaho. Yeah, and um, it, I mean it's nice that you know usually I'm it it gives me a little opportunity to focus on deer before elk season starts, mm-hmm. but because I don't put a lot of I guess effort into I put all my eggs into one basket. Once it's elk season, it's elk season. Yeah, you know, I'm like that too. If I see a deer, I'll you know, try and take advantage of the opportunity, but yeah. I'm not out there hunting deer. I'm trying to kill an elk, and if I yep. can do that, then then I've been perfectly happy just doing that. For sure. Yeah. For sure. No, I'm the same way, man. If it's elk season, I'm focused on elk. Yeah. Um, it'd have to be a monster buck for me to derail my elk. Right. <laughs> I had, last year, I had a couple of decent, they're kind of younger bucks but i'm anxious to get some cameras out where mm-hmm. where that was at last year and see if those bucks are still around and there probably be better bucks this year so do you have like like where i'm in my situation i every year i have and sometimes it changes every year and sometimes it stays this way for a lot of years but like i have a, a main hunt focus right 
and so for a long time it's been all elk all elk uh, you know and then the last couple of years i've been really focused on big whitetail bucks because oh, yeah. they kick my ass man <laughs> and i've i've gotten decent bucks but i've never gotten a monster whitetail sure. you know what i mean yeah and so I, that's kind of what my focus is going into this year but then i was derailed with spring bear and baiting and i want to talk go back and talk about that for a minute yeah um because you'd mentioned you've been doing it for like eight years um, I've, this was only my second year bear hunting and only, and it was my first year baiting. Oh yeah. I've yeah. never done it before. And sure. so, uh, it's all new, but like now I'm kind of uh, like, there's a level of obsession with it and I love it, man. I mean, I set the bait and then like four days later, I, I don't know, maybe three days later, me and my cousin, Andrew, we go up to check it. Right. Uh-huh. And, and we're like just sneaking up and, and the way I had this set is there there's this rock cropping we were we were going to be sitting in oh, to sure. watch the barrel and the barrel's like you know 30 yards away maybe mm-hmm. anyway i come around that the first rock and no shit there's a bear standing right there <laughs> at the barrel and i was so surprised i couldn't even attempt to shot yeah. and it saw me i stepped on a twig or something and uh, it, it ran off but it just like sparked a, a a new passion yeah and i just always think okay i'm so passionate about elk hunting i can't focus on anything else but that's not true yeah. Like I can be passionate about bear in the spring and then elk in September and then deer in October, November. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so how is that is it like that for you? Like tell me a little bit about bear baiting and kind of what how what how you feel about it, I guess. Yeah. I get the first uh the first year was sort of like plagued with some issues and I ended up um not reading the regulations well enough and i had a bait that was not legal you know oh really and i had fish and game contacted me about it and i came out and talked to them and they allowed me to you know to remove the bait and and just kind of chalked it up to inexperience but that really was hard for me to like overcome and and want to get excited about doing it again because it was really hard to at that time in North Idaho, I believe the um, the regulations was it had to be 200 yards from a road or water, which in North Idaho in some areas it's pretty tough to get yeah, 200 yards away from that. any road, you know. And that's kind of where I was. Um, I thought it because I was on a road that was closed that it, you know, oh, it, it wasn't apply. it was still too close to that road, but it even even if it's a closed road, you know, or whatever. When you say so, closed, was it gated, was or gated. was it actually they dig it? You know how they dig those, like, trough or t- trenches out at yeah. the beginning? Yeah, it's actually, it's a piece of um, Idaho endowment lands, and they had it all gated. And, oh, um, gotcha. I think at that time, maybe they still were, they would allow you to get back in there on four-wheelers and stuff like that. And so they had, like, a certain oh, restriction on why. the size of vehicle that could get in there. The 54-inch rule or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so, um, but yeah, it was kind of, it was discouraging and, um, I ended up having some bears on that bait, but I only had it in there for about a week before the, you know, fishing game contacted me and, and I was like, well, crap, you know? And so that kind of ruined that whole season. And then the next year, um, I baited on some private property on a friend's private property. And so I knew where I could be, you know, yeah. could be legal and everything like that. And and um that was a little bit easier but there's just not a an abundance of bears in that area and i ended up shooting one bear with my rifle um off of his property and then 
um, the following year didn't have a single bear on my bait or whatever. Oh, really? So, on the same property? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And um, it's not a huge piece of property, and so there's not mm. really there's really only one good spot to you know put a to put a barrel in yeah. there, and um, and so I um, started kind of branching out from you know those areas, and then a few years back they actually changed that regulation to 200 feet off of the road in in northern part of Idaho or whatever, and so now it makes it a little bit easier to to get a barrel mm-hmm. out there into a legal spot and it's a bitch man getting the barrel out it's there so much work and it is anybody that says it's easy to kill a bear over bait has never put I, in a bait i know <laughs> and and i'll be honest dude i was i was kind of guilty of that i i used to think that and i'm like ah, i don't want to go hunting where i'm baiting them you like, know right, yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. And I don't know if it was that I thought it would be too easy. It just something didn't sit right with me. Sure. But when you start looking at the whole picture, and and the 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 booming population of bears, yeah, and how difficult they are to hunt, like in North Idaho, uh, for people that that have never been through here, I mean, I'm looking at this picture on this this screen here, and and that is, let's see, I know the audience can't can't see this, but when I close that out, look, that's so that's that's up Hayden Creek somewhere. I snapped that. Mm. Um, and, and you look out, you can't spot and stalk that. No. Like, look at that. Yeah. You're not glassing that. Right. It's too thick. There's too many trees. There's too many. Um, it's just way too brushy. I can't figure out where my mouse cursor went. <laughs> how, do, how do I? Oh, there we go. There we go. Get that back up. But anyway, yeah, it's just impossible. And so um, finally, I, I, I did. I wanted to try this whole bear baiting thing. Like like you were saying, and it is freaking tough, man. It'd be a lot easier if I could just go out with with uh, some good glass and watch a ridge and sure. watch a watch a mountain or something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's because you gotta you gotta haul the barrel in, you gotta haul the bait in after that. Do you do popcorn or dog food or? Yeah, I, I kind of went. I ran the gambit of different stuff trying um, over the years, and I was doing a lot of popcorn earlier this year because my baits are not super easy to get to and so yeah it's a lot easier to pack that stuff than a 50 pound bag of you know dog food or whatever but yeah um i'm surprised how heavy popcorn could be yeah when it's packed. And last <laughs> the last couple of years i was using um bread from you know snyder's or whatever and oh yeah and uh that gets to be pretty heavy too because i tend to try and pack it down and condense it as much as i can to get it into an area and that stuff gets pretty heavy yeah pretty quick and then everybody wants it and so the availability of it is not always ideal you know you end up spending three or four hours on the phone each week just trying to trying to track it down and especially because it's getting more popular yeah you know and uh so i just ran i did exactly what um Batum 907 told me to do, uh-huh. which was that, and they, she was saying, Jess Gann, who owns Batum 907, she was saying, you know, either either dog food or popcorn, and then the rest is is you lure them into that with the Batum 907 products, right? But they're not light either to get in there. Yeah, like all the different scents. Yeah, and the powders and that stuff freaking. I still I catch a whiff of that <laughs> yeah. every once in a while. Still in my my truck. Uh huh. Um, you know, like residue or whatever. It's yeah. still on my. I got that. That I was using that Alberta stock pack back there behind you, and that thing still smells like Batum 907 yeah. shit. And, yeah, and it's so, hard to get it out of there. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't. It doesn't come out, man. I, I left it in the, the sun. Had one of the spray bottles of the blueberry spray that I was spraying when I was sitting in my tree stand, and it 
left it partially like on spray and then my pack was turned upside down and it just <laughs> spilt that stuff all over the place you know permeates know. every square inch of that pack oh <laughs> man yeah that's never coming out man and that uh it's it's fun too they they vatum 907 has that scent ball thing mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever got one of those. Yeah, but I used one this year for the y- first time. And dude, I so I ran that thing up a branch, ran ran it up a tree, and and tied it off. I was climbing the other tree to tie it off, so it's like all out of reach, trying uh-huh. at least. And I didn't have a ton of options, and they had that sucker down the oh, first really? time I checked it. Yeah, really? I don't know how they did it. Uh-huh. I, I swear they were. It was like a team effort piggybacking <laughs> off each other or something, but the bears had it down, and my 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 game camera was just kind of angled out of view of it, so I couldn't see how they oh, did it. Oh, sure, yeah. I should have turned it a little bit. I thought about <laughs> for a while, for about a week, I had a camera on the scent ball just to see if I could see anything, trying to get to it, you know, or whatever, because <laughs> I had this deadfall that was kind of like hung up in between some other trees, and so it was kind of pitched out across underneath my tree stand at like a 45 degree angle and i was able to hang it up off of that you know or yeah and um and it worked perfect i was able to get it about you know 12 feet up off the ground and then it was pretty much right on level with where my barrel was sitting or whatever and oh so gotcha it, i felt like it was and it was kind of right in between where my tree stand is and the, the barrel so huh okay maybe i'll but, try something yeah, like I, that next year i uh this was the first year i used the uh, 907 stuff and i was pretty happy with their products they're pretty i've used some other stuff in the past and i think that all you know if you're using some sort of scent product is is you know it's gonna be, be a plus yeah, yeah for sure um but some of this stuff is just it's incredible how potent the smell yeah is you know i i mean i have a human nose and I could smell that stuff halfway to my barrel in my truck. Uh-huh. And I, was, I wasn't I was quite a mile off, off the road. Oh, right, yeah. Um, it was like three-quarters of a mile. It's actually the same spot where I smoked old Broken Tines. The, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, same spot. And so that is where uh, I set the barrel. And I, literally, like halfway there, I could, I could smell. If the wind is right, yeah. I could smell it. Which was always good because that that meant that you know I was downwind yeah. coming in. So yeah, yeah, and I think too you know once you start if you use the ground cover stuff that stuff just gets tracked in and out yeah. of there. And, yeah. Um, once we get to the bear story, I'll tell you a little bit about how like specifically this one product I was using was probably the reason why I was able to kill this bear. Well, let's talk about stuff. that, man, because yeah. I I'm. And and so I I don't know if I mentioned this or maybe I'll just reiterate it. So Nate Nate killed a giant bear and and I was super. Was it last day of season? No, but it was the last day that I was going to be able to. That's hunt. what it was. It was yeah. the last day you were going to be able to hunt. It was like the Sunday before the season closed. Gotcha, so. gotcha. And and uh, it's it's a great story. He told me over the phone, and I purposely not asked him to retell me so that I can. <laughs> Like, cause I've heard a lot of bear stories since, but I, I was, uh, just really happy cause Nate, uh, dude, you work your ass off, man, for these bears and the, every, everything you do is just, you, you work your ass off and, and so deserving of this, this bear. Um, tell us the story of it, dude. It, it's freaking cool. Yeah. This bear season was sort of a grind. It was, um, the first I would say that I was really super anxious to 
you know, get my bait set up right away. And typically it's a few weeks before you start seeing any good, you know, action on the bait. And I had decided that I was going to set up a secondary bait this year where normally I just kind of put all my eggs into one basket and set up one bait, kind of throw everything that I can at that yeah. one bait. When bears start really hitting your bait, it's hard to keep up on you know just a single bait let alone if you have two of them that are getting hammered right. just one guy it's it's a lot of work it's almost you know? you, you, like it would be a full-time job oh for sure you i mean, mean like i have the um i'm blessed to be to work kind of later in the day and so um a lot of times i can do my go fill my baits up in the morning before i go to work and then you know and then uh, but it also kind of screws me for hunting evenings i can't really go out and hunt you know after work it's dark by the time i get home you know and so it's all kind of weekend stuff and um but i i really want to you know provide some good opportunities with you know with the traditional bow and one of the reasons why i like baiting bears is because i feel like that's the only my only opportunity to, to kill one with a bow like that you know i mean yeah um I, I'm definitely not like a super experienced like spot and stock hunter where I can get within you know killing range of a traditional bow to a bear on you know regular yeah. basis and so. Um, Again, that would be a full time job. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I had I had got my first bait all set up and um, and then it was maybe about three or four days later I got my second bait set up and it's kind of in a it's not too far they're not too far from each other but i figured it would be far enough apart where there's going to be different you know different bears happening or whatever and so within maybe a week and a half i i started having a couple of bears on on my first bait and um some pretty decent bears one exceptionally large female bear um she have cubs she didn't and i've seen her i've had her on that bait for like the last two years pretty regularly and she hasn't had any young ones with her and so she initially she was going to be my target bear you know and then Mm -hmm. i had a couple of uh more like medium sized bears you know pretty average you know idaho bears or whatever but um and then i had one uh sow with cubs that was coming in you know fairly regularly but it was all nocturnal and so in the beginning i was just like they're getting to the bait enough to where i had to fill it up on the regular but i was having a hard time trying to get them to show up in the daytime and so i wasn't putting a lot of effort into sitting on on my bait because i just knew that there probably wouldn't be a great you know opportunity Mm -hmm. and then the other bait was just not nothing happening you know and so it was a little discouraging and then probably um it had been about three weeks and um I was finally starting to get a couple of bears that were showing up right at last light, and so I decided to go out and hunt uh, my stand and sat out there from, I don't know, maybe like 3 o'clock in the afternoon until it was getting dark at like, you know, 8 o'clock or maybe a little bit after or something like that. And yeah, so, June. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there, and uh, it's almost dark. It's, you know, 30 minutes before, you know, time to quit shooting or whatever and i hear a rifle shot and it's close you know like 
within a couple hundred yards of where I'm sitting. And you, was it like in the direction of your other bait? No. Oh, okay. No, it okay. was kind of further back from, you know, f- deeper into the area of where um, I was sitting. and uh, But close enough to where I was like, well, that's, you know, somebody just shot a bear, and there's a pretty good chance that I have pictures of yeah. that bear. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I kind of waited around for a little bit and didn't see anybody, you know, making their way, you know, out of there or whatever. And so got back to the rig and there was another rig parked there and i was just super i was a little deflated you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you once you put that effort in and then you feel like it's certainly not like it's my bear you know what i mean but at the same time you know kind of feels that way initially you have you have kind of a sense of ownership when you when you get them on your camera all the time right and i don't know there is uh you know my last place, I I know my neighbor shot this huge buck, and, and I called him. It was I, I said yeah. it was my buck, but he was only coming in at like three in the morning. Right. And uh, turns out he did. He did shoot that sucker, <laughs> yeah. man. And right. um, it's I I remember when I heard the shot, thinking that, that he probably just killed that big buck. Cause right. I, you know. And <clears throat> anyway, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. And it's so, not ours, but you know. But I was ultimately like super curious and wanted to find out if that person had a bait in there just to, to mm-hmm. know, you know? And so, um, I left a note on his rig on the way out and just, and told him my name number and offered to, I figured that he had a bear down and offered to help with, with the bear. If you know, he needed any help just to call me or text me or whatever. And he didn't call or text that night, but then a couple of days later, he, called me and we talked on the phone for a while and and um started uh neither one of us realized that we had bear baits 200 yards apart from each other on the same ridge you know and so it was it you know things like that just happen you know it's not like you can't really be upset about it it just is what it is you know yep Yep. and so we started talking a little bit and and uh kind of become uh fast friends and started to share some pictures that you know that we had on our cameras and stuff and pretty soon we started to realize that he had pictures that of bears that i didn't and vice versa and so in this small area where our baits are only 200 yards apart from each other we had a total of probably 10 bears in this area between both of us isn't it crazy to think we have that density of of the population it's crazy it's crazy because you never see them yeah and when i before i started baiting bears like i didn't think that there was I know many bears out there. Me neither. You know, no, I thought, I mean, oh, there's, you know, a few bears maybe in a couple 50 square miles or whatever. Nope. Yeah. Nope. There's a lot. <laughs> so, and then he shares this picture with me of this giant boar that he's got on his camera. And he's telling me, well, this is my target bear, you know. And I was like, well, I don't have that bear on my yeah. camera. And so that's kind of crazy, you know. And then that big female that I had, he didn't have on his camera and so it was kind of interesting you know and so anyway we you know had each other's numbers and had told each other that if either one of us were able to get something down then we could you know help out you know with it or whatever and Mm so man about a week later he called and i just got home from work and it was right before dark and he called and so i knew he had something you know and so i answered the phone and he's like oh i killed that big boar and i was like really and he's like yeah and so i went out and met him 
out there and um it was pretty neat because he lives kind of closer to that area and so he was able to get his wife and his kids down there and get them up to the bear for pictures and oh nice have them be able to experience it Mm -hmm. and everything but his bear was just giant i mean seven foot bear and the skull i think was uh 20 and a quarter inches is that the one you were telling me about before we started recording yeah gotcha gotcha okay i didn't put the two together that it was that guy yeah okay okay cool my buddy eric and so um yeah it was um just phenomenal to be able to you know experience that and even though i you know would love to shoot a big bear something like that was just totally off my radar you know i didn't think too you know i see a bear of that you know size or quality and i was hoping to find one the size of a cocker spaniel yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you're anything like me hunting is a year-round thing for you and we're always thinking about how to make our next upcoming season a little bit better and one way to do that is with gear and you guys know i'm not a big gear junkie but i do have some important gear items that i'm always a huge fan of and they're right here available on this show Let's talk about Scree gear. Scree is my go-to camo. Scree is high-performance hunting attire and gear, scientifically tested camo patterns, and all backed by a great company, and I wouldn't recommend it to you if I didn't truly believe in the Scree product. They've got a complete layering system for all terrain and conditions, gear designed to adapt to the weather. It's rugged gear. It's got a lifetime warranty, VIP sizing and exchange program. You can't go wrong with Scree. Get the best out there without breaking the bank, and to make it even better, use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. Hell of a deal. Check it out at ScreeGear.com. Next on the list is my oldest and fondest sponsor of the show is Phelps Game Calls. One thing I love about companies like Phelps Game Calls is the American success story that came out of it. And Phelps started in Jason Phelps' garage years ago, and it's now one of the premier hunting call companies on the market. And I wouldn't point you in that direction if I didn't feel like they were the best calls available. Jump on phelpsgamecalls.com. When you find a call you like, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. I promise you, you will not regret it. Hoffman Boots. Hoffman Boots is a go-to boot company I've been using for years and years and years. And the cool thing about it is I'm only on my second pair of Hoffman Explorers. I put lots of miles on my Hoffman Explorers. They're a great boot. They're not going to cost you a small fortune to get. And they have all the same guarantees and warranties that every other company out there has. If you want to be confident, guys, do not skimp on boots. Go to HoffmanBoots.com get you a pair of for for me i like the eight inch explorers but they also have the six inch they have all sorts of different options check it out at hoppinboots.com and use promo code huntsman10 all caps lock for 10 percent off and last but not least is tacticam are you interested in filming your hunt and are you interested in helping with conservation efforts throughout the uh, north american continent well, then I got a deal for you. Tacticam is a point of view type kind of camera that records in 4G. They also have other products like the Film Through Scope, the FTS, and you attach that to your rifle scope and you can film your shot right there. And they have the mounts for your shoulder, for your head. They get, You can mount it to your bow. You can mount it to wherever and whatever you want. Lots of versatility with the Tacticam. 
Other products include, but are not limited to, the fisheye camera. The Tacticam Spotter LR is definitely worth a look if you want to film what you're seeing through your glass while you're actively hunting and get it on camera. It's a great thing. But I think that the thing that I'm most excited about with Tacticam this year is the new Reveal uh, cell cam that is coming out. This kind of this trail camera <clears throat> will send you images in real time as they're coming in. They've got like an enhanced antenna for better service. If you're like managing property or something like that, or you've got a bear bait set up somewhere that you have phone service, you can get those pictures right there to your phone. This uh, cell cam is super, super cool. I'm really excited about it. And you can get all this at the westernhuntsman.com forward slash gear. Go to the gear shop. You'll find all the Tacticam stuff right there. Uh, best pricing out there on it. And uh, what happens is we split the uh, profitable revenue from these sales of the Tacticam gear. And half of it goes to conservation efforts, uh, which vary depending on what quarter of the year it is. Right now we're raising money and trying to get some money over to Sportsman's Alliance. It's a great cause. And that is what's going to go down when you shop for Tacticam gear at thewesternhuntsman.com. So go over there and check it out and get you a camera. Guys, let's get back into it. I sure appreciate it. But, uh, so anyway... Um, we ended up, uh, I helped him and he had another buddy out there and we were able to get, you know, his bear out for him. And, mm-hmm. and so, and he got it to the, the taxidermy shop and shared some, you know, meat with me and stuff like that. And so it was pretty, pretty neat. You know, I didn't, the last thing I wanted to do is go through the whole season and not be, at, at least be able to experience, you know, somebody else's, you know, kill and, and, and all of that. And so, oh, that's awesome. And it was like. Maybe a few days later, um, I decided I was going to go up and check my camera on my second bait that I had basically abandoned for like three weeks. I hadn't been there and wasn't getting anything, didn't have a single picture of a bear on the other camera, and and nothing had been to the bait, and so I just left it and Mm -hmm. didn't even think about it too much. And I um, was planning on... Um, hunting my first bait that evening and um, I went to the other spot to check my camera and um, lo and behold for the last two weeks these bears have just been hammering my bait and had a couple of decent bears on and you hadn't refilled that barrel no and there and it was I had brought um, a load up there to refill it just just in case and so I was able to put you know some more stuff in there but they pretty much had it cleaned out um, there was just a little bit left kind of in the bottom and so I rejuiced that bait up and then um, I called another buddy of mine that we elk hunt together quite a bit and asked him if he was interested in sitting on one of my baits because um, I figured that between the two of us somebody was going to see a bear you know and so he didn't get off work until probably three o'clock or three thirty, and doesn't get out to the bait until maybe like 4 30 about 4 30 and i get a text from him saying that he's you know out there and and set up and and about an hour later he calls me and has already shot this bear Jeez, <laughs> man. Going, oh wow this is 
crazy, you know. But again, I was super happy for him. But at the same time, you're just like, man, I I kind of want to shoot one of those things. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay, it's, it's getting left out. So, um, but had uh, actually all of a sudden things had kind of flopped, and I was getting lots of action on that second bait, and not a lot on the first one on the first bait site. And so I decided that I was gonna kind of throw some more at that thing and get it stocked up and and had a um, couple of you know decent sized bears on there one bear in particular that was really cool cinnamon bear that um, had a really like kind of light chocolatey Mm. you know coat to it and uh, really neat looking bear but not not huge by any means and um, and then had this other bear that was pretty much nocturnal but was showing up you know occasionally and and was good size but there i had no idea what i was really looking at when i was Mm -hmm. looking at pictures of my camera and have a hard time even with a barrel there you kind of have a hard time judging them it's tough i tend to i tend to take take weight off of the big ones and put weight on the small ones like you like you're optimistic that the smaller bear that is bigger than what you you know than what it really is but then at the same time you see a big bear and you're like well is it really that big you know or is it just my all you know all in my head and and uh but he was kind of off my radar like he was so inconsistent and this other chocolate bear was coming in regular you know Mm -hmm. like uh, almost every day and so um i had hunted a couple of i hunted a couple of days that weekend and then the following weekend was the last my kind of like my last hoorah and so i was gonna sit as much as i could and then my parents end up selling their house and had to and were moving and so i i spent all day on saturday helping them you know move stuff and so Mm -hmm. i kind of cut into that a little bit but then was basically i had never done a full day sit in a tree stand before it's usually i said you know second half I, of the day or i have from, never done that from two or three you know a or two or three p.m until yeah dark, dark. or something mm-hmm. but yeah um i decided that i was gonna just go and s- sit in the tree until i killed something and so you, you were know? in a tree stand yeah right? okay okay yep and then and i set my tree stand up uh, my first bait set up at 17 yards from from the barrel to my tree and then the second um one just kind of worked out that way but it was like 20 yards and but i am able to practice that shot kind of religiously and so mm-hmm. i know exactly what you know what i need to do to make that you know happen or whatever and so <clears throat> i was sitting in this stand and it was just quiet all day you know and it's um close enough to um roads where you can hear rigs kind of in the background and stuff like that and there was like doing um there was dump trucks going down the road stuff like that i was like rolling my eyes sitting in this tree stand you know listening to all this stuff and and every once in a while you hear somebody on a trail down below you walking their dog dogs barking and you know it's just like wow um Huh. It's just kind of, it was kind of interesting, you know, and so I'm just sitting out there and read my book for a while and got bored of that and was literally getting to the point where I was like, had doubts three or four different times through the day and was ready just to climb down and say, hey, that's it, I'm done, I'm, you know, not, 
this ain't going to happen, you know, or that whatever. That feeling and, where you have to force yourself to stay. Yeah. Because that, that, I've had that for hunting whitetail, you yeah. know. And then, so then you kind of start putting, you know, goals on, well, I'll sit till this time, or I'll yep. sit till this time, you know, and and so I, but I had pretty much made it all the way through the day, and I was like, well, man, if I get down now and this bear walks by in the last hour of light, then, you know, that would be like the worst thing Yeah, then ever, what do you do? You yeah, know? yeah. And so I've already put all this effort into it. I might as well stick it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when, um, oh, I should back up. That morning when I went to go to my tree stand, I typically do not like to go to my camera, which is set up right on top of my barrel, oh. to check my camera. But I hadn't been there in a week, and it was just killing me. And so I went to my camera and checked and pulled my card out so I could check it. And... Um, then as I backed out to my tree stand, I used some of that um, uh, fatal draw powder that oh, from on your feet on the trail right over the top of gotcha. my, my footprints. That's basically. a good idea. Yeah, and so I figured that um, you know it would cover the scent that I had on the ground enough to where you know maybe they wouldn't you know have sure. less likely to smell me. Makes sense. And so and then. Um, it was probably maybe like six o'clock before and nothing had come through all day you know and then i started hearing something and this little bear comes out and like not even like 70 80 pound bear you know like last year's cub basically chihuahua yeah and uh he was pretty inquisitive and was kind of working his way down slow down to the barrel but as soon as he got down on the trail he winded me and actually took off and i was oh, like really? oh no you know you he winded your trail um, or you in the stand i think he i think he smelled me i think the wind was just gotcha. blowing that way and and or maybe he just sensed something and and decided mm-hmm. he wasn't gonna you know stick around and usually with that bear in particular i would have him on my camera and he would usually be there and then would take off and then within usually within an hour of him being there there would be another bear in that area you know and coming coming through yeah, to my yeah, bait yeah. And so i was like well maybe something else will you know try and come through or maybe he was spooked off by another bear that's close or you know something like that so i just kind of waited it out but i was really starting to think well shoot man if the if he winded me, then big smart bear is definitely not going to, you know, want anything to do with it. That would be my first thought. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, anyway, I, it was eight o'clock and starting to, you know, basically like the last hour of light. And my wife texts me and was like, when are you coming home? Like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I've got dinner ready. You know, when are you gonna? Ah, when are you I gonna be home? I hate those kind of texts. And so I, <laughs> I told her I was like, well, it gets dark at nine. I'll probably be, you know, too dark to shoot by eight uh, forty-five. And so that was kind of my goal. I was gonna sit yeah. till eight forty-five. And um, I, it was about eight thirty, and I heard something, and it was down below me in a different area from where i kind of thought a bear would approach but heard a stick snap and the woods have been quiet all day long and so that you know i i was like well i loaded an arrow and, and had my uh, bow in my hand ready you know ready and pretty soon this bear shows up kind of through the brush and it's this big bear and i was like holy crap you know and i have my bear baits 
my barrel situated in a way that I have brush piled up on one side so that they have to come around that wall to present a shot as they're going into the barrel. You know? mm-hmm. Well, he didn't even look at my barrel. He just had his nose to the ground and walked straight to me. And uh, he's coming down this trail, and I you know, had tension on my string and and but didn't have my bow drawn back or anything and uh, he was coming straight at me and so there's no shot whatsoever you know and i was like man this thing's gonna it's your heart just either beating wa- out of your chest yeah i mean it was just un <laughs> unreal you know and um i just was watching him and he just had his nose right to that scent and was just following that scent trail until when he ended up stopping, he stopped at 10 yards, and he knew I was there. He looked right at me, and I was like, man, this bear is going to leave. He's going to bolt. Yeah, and so I could tell that bears are kind of weird. Like, they they aren't like deer where they, like, jump or, you know, like when they're startled. they You can sort of almost see them thinking and then next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're just gone, you know. And and uh, once they actually take off, I mean, it's unreal how fast they, yeah. you know, are yeah, getting crazy through fast. there. Well, I could tell that um, he was going to leave. And, and they're, the way that this area is, he basically walked through this alley of trees to where I was at. And so he had to go back that direction. And so as soon as he started to turn, I was able to get an arrow drawn back and and release it right as he turned broadside and and was able to you know get a good shot and when he left it was like the whole mountainside came unglued i mean he was doing a hundred miles an hour you know i mean Uh, i knew that i had a a good shot um i didn't get full pass through on the arrow he was quartered slightly and i hit him behind the shoulder and it was sort of like buried in the brisket mm. on the offside mm-hmm. um but i knew that i had good good penetration and it was right where i wanted to put an arrow you know God, that's sweet man that, like that's a high adrenaline kind of moment too so yeah. to get that kind of a shot is pretty impressive man it's uh i yeah it's still sort of hard for me to to believe even when i I'm thinking about how it all worked out, and I think that the only thing that really enabled me to be able to pull off that shot is the fact that I take archery so seriously, you yeah. know, and yeah, and practice sure. angled shots and practice, you know, all kinds of, of of things like that. And so it was a purely an instinctive shot. There was no, you know, I mean, I mm-hmm. got the feather to my nose and let it go, you know, as fast wow. as as fast as I could. Yeah, but, man, that's impressive. <clears throat> Like that, it, it legitimately that's 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 impressive. I would have missed. Yeah, I totally would have missed. Yeah, and I mean, I probably will get shit for it because you know people might say it's you know unethical to shoot at an animal moving or you know something like that. But um, I have I have great confidence in being able to make shots in a certain you know in a certain scenario you know, and I think that had that bear did things a little bit differently where where he never did give me present a, a broadside yeah, shot yeah. then i would have never taken that shot yeah. you know i mean i um that was my biggest fear is that he was never gonna sounds like that just actually yeah. turn you know i mean it worked out perfect man um that gosh and it's huge man 
it's just a big bear. I sh- I shared your I shared the picture uh-huh. on on uh, the Instagram and the Facebook and all that. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's like it beyond my wildest dreams, and like I didn't even um, didn't realize how big the bear was until we tracked it, and the tracking was impossibly hard there was i mean the arrow was still in the bear didn't get oh. didn't pass through the other side you know so and not then, a lot of blood or what man bears are notoriously fat and furry mm-hmm. and so they catch all every bit of blood that's coming out of them and so i tried to pay a lot of attention to where he was going and i could hear him probably for three or four seconds which seemed like much longer obviously but going through the brush and there's sort of almost a flat trail there's like these old skid roads that go through Mm -hmm. that area and he pretty much stayed on that and it sounded like he was going to try and go up the hill and then right after that he went down and there was a bunch of crashing and so i felt like i had a good idea of where he ended up Mm. um but you never really know you know and uh blood trailing bears in the dark is my least favorite part of bear hunting it's to make you nervous oh for sure yeah, yeah. me too yeah, i feel I, I, well, a lot better i haven't ever done that so just uh, yeah but I, it would make me nervous i the last couple of times i've had buddies with me and that makes me feel a lot better you know and do you <clears> want another beer dude um i still i'm still good that's because you've been doing all the talking <laughs> i've just been sitting here listening so that's but, the other cool part with this studio man the beer fridge is right right here. there yeah so my buddy Eric that I had just met and he just had killed a monster bear. Um, I called him and he was actually texting me all day because he knew I was out there hunting. He's like, "Did you shoot anything yet? Did you kill anything yet?" <laughs> like all day. I'm like, "Man, come on!" <laughs> and so when I finally called him, he was so excited and uh, made it out to me right away. And then had another my other buddy that I was able to help him kill his bear came out too. And so. It was it was awesome, um, and then when we went to go trail the bear, I was lucky to have Eric with me because I consider myself a pretty decent tracker. But there was, I mean, we would go 20 to 25 yards with no blood in between, and we're mm. reading broken sticks and you know holes in through the, the brush and stuff. Yeah. And so, but as soon as he turned, as long as he was on that flat trail and mm-hmm. and even as he went uphill there was no blood but as soon as he turned downhill there was blood everywhere you know it was oh, coming out of gotcha. his mouth and yeah yeah he started coughing um, it up and yeah that. yeah and so and he basically mm-hmm. laid down right there where it sound you know sounded like um and so i i didn't actually um open up the body cavity to see you know what the trauma was but i i'm certain that it was both lungs and probably some arteries at the at the very least. That's what it sounds whatever. like, yeah. Yeah. God, great shot, dude. Well, good job, man. Thanks, man. I that, I was awesome. uh, pretty pretty stoked and um, it, like I said, it was just unreal. And then I didn't even like realize what it really was until when Eric was like, "Man, that thing is giant," you it's know. A and then I took the took it into the taxidermy guy and. Um, one of them says, well, that looks like it could be, you know, go 18 inches, which would, um, that's like the minimum requirements of, uh, Pope and Young. Oh, really? Um, records. And so I was anxious to, um, see what the actual measurements were, but I, but I was already kind of in disbelief that it, you know, would 
would even be close would be yeah. that you know that big and then once we still kind of unofficial measurements i'm going to get it uh, measured by a pope and young representative but um the taxidermy guy measured it the other day and it measured um 19 inches and three eighths and so it was quite a bit Jeez. bigger than even than we even thought god so. that's a huge bear man yeah i just so can't for, believe it i was I mean, so excited when when you texted me that, that you, you had that <laughs> uh, man i was so excited yeah i uh i still i still have a hard time you know believing that it really mm-hmm. happened that way and um yeah just incredible experience i'm i'm super stoked i was able to to do it with my longbow and do you have like um a superstitious side or a uh I don't know how to I feel like there is a hunting price to pay for success. You know what I mean? Now, I, I and I've said this before and I'll have to say the disclaimer again. We all know the dude or, or lady that walks 10 feet from their truck and <laughs> yeah. there's a screaming bull right there right. and and uh, gosh, I got to get used to not knocking all my <laughs> microphone stands in here. Um and you know, there's there's those the the overly unrealistically lucky right. situations right yeah. and that happens i'm the opposite end of i am too i have never yeah. had some situation where it's unbelievable luck right? right never never have i done that but um i do feel like you, you there is a price to pay for success and it's it's through hard work it's through commitment it's through practice and preparation and all these things and obviously, all those things are designed to help you get to the point of success. Sure. But there's like this karma aspect. Oh, I. Do, I, I, do you think exactly that too, or is it just thinking. me? I mean, I think that, you know, the fact that I was um, able to not let myself be upset when somebody else killed a killed a bear and was and mm-hmm. instead decided that I wanted to reach out to them and offer them help i feel like that was you know i was buying myself some good some karma, karma yeah you know because I mean? there's two ways you can go there you could have let the air out of his tires yeah right or, yeah, or you yeah, left yeah. him a note saying hey if you need help right let me which know. he didn't have out of state <laughs> plates and so i probably would so you have let done him that. You gave yeah. him a pass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no i mean i and i kind of you know i'm kind of tend to be that guy that i get upset when that stuff happens you know and so to, oh, i think we all to, do man. to kind of you know just reel it in and realize that you know what you really should be is happy that somebody mm-hmm. else was able to to make something happen you know and so yeah um, but yeah i mean that and and just putting in the work you know the and work man and in the, the, time. the long sits and stuff like that and the last two years um when I've shot my bears with my traditional bows has been the last hour of the last day that I could hunt. And yeah. so, man, you just, there's I, something. I, I feel like I have to stick it out, you know, and like, it I would be too. nice if it could happen in the first hour of the first day sometimes. It, right. <laughs> and like you can get on with life. Right. Yeah, right. I, and it's, that's exactly so I, I was trying to, I've always been a big time mule deer hunter and I've, I've got a, a passion for mule deer and I've said this a million times, but uh, I, I've been getting really into whitetail. And so last fall, that uh, was the biggest whitetail buck I've ever shot. And he's no monster. He, he's definitely not a monster, but he uh, was a nice four-point buck, right? And so for me to sit in a stand is 
a feat in itself because oh, I don't have that kind of discipline. Soul crushing. Soul crushing. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And so it takes a little bit out of your soul every time you do those long. You sets, do, and you know and I, mean? I just I have a hard, very hard time with it. But I did it for weeks last November, um, and and I sat there and every night I was out in that stand every morning. Well, not every morning. It depended on if I had to work or not, but. Every night I was out there at least. Yeah. Last night of deer season, which I think was what December second or something like that uh-huh. for that tag. Um, the last night, you know how there it's like, oh, you can't shoot <laughs> thirty minutes after sunset kind of thing. Well, this was like twenty nine minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, right. That buck comes out, <laughs> and I knew I I because I I was getting antsy. I had a that it was the night that I was supposed to get on the Zoom conference call with the Idaho Wildlife Federation oh, so yeah. they could vote vote me on as a board member. Oh. Or say no and vote me out of there. Uh-huh. And so uh, literally probably 30 seconds of time I had <laughs> left, I, I shot the buck. I got it gutted and and uh, got back to the – I was actually doing the meeting in the studio, ran back into the studio and got on this Zoom conference call <laughs> And I had to make sure it was just my head in the picture because I, I was covered blood in blood everywhere. on my arms, right? And they had no idea. And I'm, like, trying to introduce myself. Yeah, hey, you know, uh, nice to meet everybody. How you doing? Trying to act like I'm not some savage dude, you know. Right. And um, But, no, that's that's what that was, in my opinion. It was the biggest white tail I've ever shot. It was the karma. It, the Not the karma. Karma, I feel like I'm using the wrong word. It's the, the price I paid for success. Sure. You know yeah. what I mean? The time, the hard work, I uh, paid attention to guys like Troy Pottinger who are yep. really successful with whitetails, you yep. know, and uh, d- did everything that he teaches, and, yep. and and finally it came together on the last freaking few minutes of daylight. I remember you posting that, and I was yeah. so stoked for you, and I seen that. I that think I texted come you. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. You know, it was like it was the last just, day of yeah. of the season, you know, and. Worked my butt off, and the same thing for you with that bear, and it's, yeah. it's just like that, that's why. But it and makes think, it all worthwhile, you know. I mean, it just all that work mm-hmm. now becomes. I, I mean, it was always acceptable, but it now it becomes you know more enriching experience because yep. you put that much more into it. That's a great way to put it. More enriching. It's more there's there's the the reward seems so much greater. Sure. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Than just. You know, somebody that again jumps out of their truck and ten feet later there's a big bull, yeah, standing there screaming and Which they arrow I'd take it, that know? occasionally. Too. I, I would too, like <laughs> once or twice in yeah. my life if I could have that and have it kind of roll down the bank right into the back yeah. of my truck so I don't have to haul it out. You know, right. that'd be cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we're we're. I would take it easy. It just doesn't come easy. Exactly. Often. Yeah. <laughs> I just I have never had. I I have had people tell me these stories and it just blows my mind oh yeah i'm 150 yards from the road and this buck or this bull screaming his head off comes running in to 10 (laughs) feet and i shot him i'm like dude i that just has never no i take that back you know what this last turkey season uh i had done all the work though to get to this point so Uh, i don't i don't think it was just luck but i called in a bunch of turkeys and you know one reason or another couldn't get a shot off driving down the road on my way home and I had to pee, and I get out, <laughs> and I got my shotgun out, and walked, I don't know, down into this, because I, I thought something was moving in this little kind of gully area, uh-huh. or whatever, walked down there, and I'm peeing, and I start clucking, you know, and I'm, burp, 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 
and this freaking gobbler goes buck wild and comes at me and starts uh, running down the hill, and I shoot, and it starts flying because I missed, but he's flying towards me, uh-huh. and I shot him right in the head, and he landed right in front of my truck. Really? No kidding, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's that's, that's the luckiest thing I've ever had. So, uh, but it's not nearly as exciting when it's a turkey. Yeah, right. It's still fun though. <laughs> yeah, it is still fun. It was, it's all a good time, but there there is just something about that that hard work that. It just when it pays off, it the payoff is just it just seems greater. And in I your case, too, for like sure. I knew you were out there working your butt off for this bear, and so when you when you texted me or whatever, I don't remember if you texted me or messaged me on Facebook or whatever it was, uh-huh. but dude, I was just excited because I that's that's when I get excited. If it's somebody that I know, it's like they're first time ever hunting and they just got totally lucky i mean i'm happy for them and everything sure. but it, it's it's just different they didn't really work that hard it just was dumb luck right sure, yeah and where where with you i was just stoked man it, it was just awesome i mean great bear with me it's mostly bad luck exactly if it <laughs> yeah. weren't for bad luck we wouldn't have any luck that's at all right, right? <laughs> <laughs> no that's great man i just uh and and to do it with a trad bow is just freaking awesome <clears throat> so yeah i've been um I've been pretty stoked. I I grew up hunting rifle hunting and then and um you know, had a compound bow when I was younger and shot it a lot when I was, you know, maybe 16 to 18 or you know, something like that. And then as I started uh, and hunted with it a little bit but never never was never even took a shot at, you know, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And um but uh Actually, that's not true. The first year that I actually elk hunted with my um, compound bow, I think I was probably 17. And um, me and my brother and my cousin were all hunting in um, this certain area. And we would go up there during rifle season, but we had decided that we were going to try and and get in there during the archery season. And there was always lots of elk sign in there. And so, and this um, road that came in was like right on like top of this ridge road, and then the road split and went around this knob. And so there was a road that went around oh, yeah, each yeah. side of this knob. And it's like opening morning, um, and still dark, and we're walking down this road. Well, we decided we're going to split up and each go around this knob and meet on the other end. And I'm like, you know, just dumb kid walking around, and I. <laughs> and it's just starting to get light and um this uh i'm i see some a couple of tracks in the road and it's like kind of where, where springs kind of going across the road and it's muddy right there and there's a couple of tracks and i was like oh those tracks look pretty fresh and then saw some um some sign and and it looked pretty fresh and so i decided i'm going to follow these tracks up over this saddle on this knob uh-huh. and took like 10 feet into the wilderness and um heard something and turn and look and there's this bull elk standing there like 40 yards away and it was just was he like, looking at you oh yeah look he <laughs> he didn't know what i was at that well, he time, just knew you were <laughs> knew i was there and and i was like he took me so by surprise i was like i can't i couldn't believe what i was you know seeing and the sun was just coming up and like shining on his antlers and it was just like oh man. you know just a magical you know scene or That's whatever awesome. and um i was totally busted like out in the open and so i 
decided I was going to try and get an arrow. It was looking right at me, you know, and, and so as soon as I, I moved, he started to kind of take off, but I threw a cow call in and ran and got behind this tree and drew my bow back and was cow calling. He stopped and, and I didn't know rangefinder or anything. And I yeah. undershot him by 30 yards, probably, you know, he was probably like 60 yards out there. I was thinking he was like wow. 40 yards or you know, yeah, something, yeah. but I think I had like two or three pins on my bow, you know, and wasn't very, you know, proficient proficient with it by any means. But and then it was quite a few years, you know, that I um, I went not not hunting, not shooting a bow, and then um, when my kids were, I don't know, maybe like five or six, I started kind of getting back into it. I had a little bit more time, a little bit more money to kind of throw mm-hmm. at it. And, yeah, yeah, and. Um, and then and started shooting um just yard sale compound bows because like that's mm-hmm. all i could really afford and so i'd buy an I bought old my first one at a pawn shop golden eagle or <laughs> an old pse or yep. you know yep. something and and was and would shoot um shoot those and and hunted with them a little bit but really never got good you know shot opportunities and then finally decided i wanted to you know get better and and put a little mm-hmm. more into it you know and so bought a, a decent bow and um started looking more into good you know arrow setups and stuff like that and and putting a little bit more time and effort and did a couple of uh 3d events and then was able to um uh shoot a couple of elk with my compound bow and and um that was just like unreal for yeah. me you know yeah it was like some i Shot like a lot life, of, life-altering kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I've shot you know a handful of elk and and a lot of deer with my rifle and and they've all been special and and provided you know food and and, and nourishment for my mm-hmm. family. But to to do it with a bow was like a whole new um, level of of um, of appreciation fulfillment. and fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. know, I know, I know what you mean, man. Yeah. So, and then when, and I really hadn't been, it was actually after I shot my first bull with a compound bow that, I don't know that that was a deciding factor by any means, but it was that next year that I decided to take up traditional archery and then initially just had thought, well, I'll get this recurve and start shooting it and then maybe in a couple of years I can hunt with it, you know, Mm -hmm. be proficient enough to hunt with it and and um but still had intended on continuing to shoot my compound bow and um i never looked back i've never shot a compound bow since oh really the first day i shot a recurve. man you're giving me a complex because I, I i'm i shoot a compound <laughs> well you got a new bow i did it's right behind you yeah it's, i want to yeah. check it out yeah well i'll show you man but it's it's a i mean it's a compound but it's a there's no, i have there's not upgraded nothing. my bow I don't, uh, like i don't want anybody to get the now you don't have that yeah you that, don't have that kind of attitude that I, man yeah that yeah. i that i think that it's like i think that if you're doing it with a bow that's awesome i don't care what, I, that's what that's how i feel it, it is it is more challenging with with a trad bow or long bow whatever um but i i don't get an attitude about it either i got a i got a customer that he he builds long bows uh-huh. um and he's gonna build me one but because he's always giving me a hard time he's like I'm going to teach you how to bow hunt like a real man with one of these. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and it's, right, it's, right. it's just fun and games yeah, with yeah. him and I, and yeah. I'm always giving him a hard time about stuff. Cause, uh, you know, he drives a Dodge, 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. You don't drive a Dodge, <laughs> do you? Okay, good. Because Dodges are not allowed on this new yeah. property. I, don't know if it... <laughs> I think I saw the sign. <laughs> There's a sign, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'd make it up the hill anyway. Um, no. <laughs> but it's just it's all fun. it's just like that the, mm-hmm. the the truck rivalry thing. As, as long as it's fun, yeah, it's good. <clears throat> it's just like you know, you know bow hunters versus rifle hunters. Sure. It's okay to have a rivalry if it's in good. Um, good humor and fun yeah, and, and as, just you know as long whatever. as everybody understands but that it's cool to you know everybody should do what do what you're passionate feel like, about yeah you know, it's yeah. best for them you know i mean i do i do all of it i rifle hunt i bow hunt i just uh the trad bow is my next thing yeah and uh, i was gonna do it this spring but then with this whole move onto the property yeah yeah Dude, I don't have time to add anything right now. Because, like I was telling you before we recorded, that that's what sucks about this whole process. There's no just downtime. Right. Right? It's a, a pr- filling propane, filling water, right. getting gas. There's always something that needs to be something, done. Something. Yeah. Laying gravel out. You know, you know, it's just always something. So um, I'm probably not going to add it this year because I just want to get everything done so that during hunting season, I don't have any of the distractions of the, of the uh, I don't know what to call this place, the homestead, whatever. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, but anyways, now that's, oh, I was going to ask you, you got any cool tattoo stories from, remember last year you told oh, us some yeah. crazy stories? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this, this year has been crazy in itself, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just like, um, but I, the one thing that, um, kind of stuck with me after this, uh, last year is that, um, we got laid off in March this last year because of the COVID stuff and, mm-hmm. um, luckily it was only for a couple of months well a couple of months of being off of work is is crazy for me yeah. you know like what it i didn't have um any extra income coming in and so it was pretty pretty dicey but um definitely i'm the type of person that i don't like to sit around and so i was learning new skills and uh make doing projects and and gave me some more time to hunt turkeys and bears and and um all that time that I was complaining about being off last year, I was kind of missing. <laughs> this yeah, year, this year so, for sure, man. Yeah, especially when it was getting down to the wire at the end of the bear season. It's like, man, I, I have, I can count how many days I can hunt, and I can count how many hours I have, you know, left to hunt here. Ah, oh, man, and man. so because you're stuck. Once you have like your your hours, you've got appointments that people have been waiting for a long time, right? To, yeah. To get a tattoo. And so typically we're book about a year out you know anywhere from so it's not like you could just be like hey i'm not coming in today yeah in fact uh, it's I, hunting season. I was smart enough about three or well about a, a month ago when i was actually um was getting towards the end of the bear season i was like man i wish i had some more time to hunt and so i looked forward into my schedule and i already had appointments out into june of next year Wow. And so I was trying to book off a few days here and there, you know, and so I'm, I always kind of try and look forward. And then usually I book off the whole month of September, and then I will just, um, as I get closer, then I'll fill some spots in where I want to, you know, because I can't, I can't feasibly take the whole month off, even yeah, though yeah. I wish I, you know, wish I could, but... Um, I know. Yeah, I always say I'm taking all of September off. Yeah. I actually take a lot off, but not the entire month. Yeah. So, but I, uh, yeah, I gotta kind of stick with it right now and and do as much as I can for the you know the next month and a half so that yeah. we're in good 
good shape when I got to take some time off. And I keep threatening to come and get a tattoo from you, but right. now you're a year out, man. Yeah, what am I gonna do with that? It's funny because I got friends that will uh, message me and be like, "Oh, I want to make an appointment. When you know, how far are you out?" And I'll be like, "About a year," you know, and then um, they're like, "Oh, wow, that's crazy," you know, and then they kind of put off making the appointment, and then they'll message me about six months later and be like, well, how far are you out? And I'm like, well, I'm about a year out. Yeah. <laughs> so right now we'd be six months closer to having that an appointment. <laughs> oh man. I just, and now I have this complex where somebody was telling me, cause I was, I was telling them, you know, you know, no, I got a buddy who's a tattoo artist in uh, Spokane and, and, uh, Cause you live in Post Falls, but your shop's in Spokane, right? Yeah, yeah, so not my live shop. Live in Idaho. But work, yeah, yeah, but work there, yeah. And you work over there, and yeah. so I was telling somebody, um, and he started giving me a hard time. I'm not going to mention who it was, but he's like, he's like, yeah, you can't get tattoos after you're 40 years old. You're too old now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you serious, dude? I never even heard of that theory. Yeah. No, right? that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Okay, no. good. So I'd, I'd be okay. I wouldn't yeah. be like getting laughed at by every when I have to go to the bathroom oh, no. every twenty minutes or whatever. No, no. You know, because I'm old, decrepit. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> small bladder. Maybe I'm too old to do them then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good. Well, dude, this has been a lot of fun. I I love getting you on the show. We need to make sure that you get on the show at least once a year. Okay, sounds good. Because so we're we're two years consistent in the row. Or or. or uh, so far, right. So you you were on. It was about last summer at yeah, this time too. Yeah, seems like it was about this time yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, I got a lot of good comments out of that one, dude. Oh, good. Yeah. So apparently people like you. Uh, I thought it was just me. I don't me. know how. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming up. Yeah. And, thanks, Jim. I appreciate you having me. Uh, this is a, congratulations on the bear. Thank for you. For sure. Thank That's you. That's freaking stellar, stellar bear. <laughs> made it all the way to the end thank you so much for tuning into the show we sure appreciate your support this is jim huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at instagram at the western huntsman and on facebook at the western huntsman and you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com thanks again we'll see you guys next time stay western and i'll see you on the mountain